0: Women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashilipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. And a good nerve Shabbos. I'm delighted to be back on Chai FM. I've missed being here, and what a time to come back and share thoughts of inspiration and what we call chizuk, strength, strengthening one another in these times of challenge. And as always, Jewish people live by the Torah. We gain our guidance, our strength, illumination from Torah. And Torah bears, carries all of these words. It's called the Torah of life, Torah's Chaim. Torah's Emes, the Torah of truth. Torah itself, the word means Torah, Milashon Hora'ah, from the word guidance, like the root word of Moray, Morah, a teacher. Torah is our guide in life, not only for Shabbos, Yontif, festivals and special occasions, but it's for the everyday, the seeming ordinary. In fact, that's where the greatness is. The greatness Mashe Rabbeinu says, "Lo bashamayim the Torah is not in heaven." Mashe Rabbeinu says, "Kikarove lacha davar meod befiha uvilvavcha la soto." This thing is very nigh, very near to you. It's in your mouth, in your heart. To do it, in other words, with all of our qualities of speech, of thought. Of action. Torah guides us. And Torah brings light. Torah or. And Torah brings joy. Torah is God's most precious possession and He shared it with us. He gave it to us. And the first Lubavitcher Rebbe Rabbi Shnir Zalman was once heard to say, One must live with the times. From his brother, the learned Rabbi Yehuda Leib, the Hasidim, found out that that means one must live with the Torah portion, the Torah reading of the week. Of the 52 portions in the Torah, every aspect of Torah guides us, but there is specific guidance in the time. We are now in the fifth parsha, Chayei Sara. We began just a month ago, and what a month it has been. Breshit, the beginning. Noach, the story of the flood. At the very end of Noach, we're introduced to the magnificent Avraham and Sarah. And so we journey with them through Lech Lecha, the instruction from Hashem to go forth. Last week's parsha Vayera, where God appears to Abraham on the third day after his circumcision, and last week's parsha ends with the binding of Isaac, Akedas Yitzchak, the Akedah, and this parsha begins. Well, last week we also hear about the birth of Rifka. And this week, Sarah passes away. And Avram is going to deal with her burial. And then we're going to hear about Yitzchak's marriage. And there are two very primary themes in the Parsha. And the question is, if this Parsha takes place after her death, how is it called the life of Sarah? Chayei Sarah. And to understand that, we need to see who Sarah was, who this couple, Avraham and Sarah, were and continue to be in our lives. So although the name seems inappropriate, because everything that happens in the Parsha tells us about what happened after her life, after her passing. In fact, our sages tell us that she passed away from the news of the binding of Isaac, that Yitzchak had almost been slaughtered on Mount Moriah. So the first question that's asked is why could she not withstand this idea? Whereas Avraham coped with it very well. Avraham did not have a problem listening, carrying out, despite the fact that he was an ish his entire essence, as Saras was, was kindness. We see that Avraham got up early in the morning and carried out the process with joy because his joy came from knowing that he was carrying out Ritzayin Hashem, the will of God. And he was content with that concept. He was so spiritual that he understood and lived that a person should negate the world and escape from a normal existence. So why couldn't Sarah? Sarah couldn't because her focus was to serve God within the world. As far as she was concerned, Yitzchak, down here, in this world, a body and a soul together would make the world a better place, a holier place. And that is God's ultimate intention. And because she wanted to make this world a holier place, a godly place, The two main events in the Parsha actually reflect her purpose and the achievement of her life's work. Number one, she established a Jewish nation. Yitzchak was the first person to be born a Jew. And then he marries this wonderful Rivka who's like him. She matches him in his caliber Ethics, spirituality, a true replacement for Sarah. In fact, only three men and four women have the name parent. Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, they are our Ovois, Avot, the fathers with everything that a father is and Sarah Rivka Rachel and Leah they are the mothers with everything that a mother is and what is the goal of a father the goal of a mother we'll speak about that after the break you're listening to conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 high FM and we're talking about Abraham and Sarah. We're talking about fathers and mothers. We're talking about the wish, the goal of parents for their children. And as Jews, we're speaking about our duty, our privilege, our responsibility to make this world a better place, a holier place, a more godly place, preparing it for the ultimate revelation of God's presence, his full revelation at the time of Mashiach. And although the Parsha is called Chayei Sarah, the life of Sarah, and it deals with anything but, there's a deep message in why this is a tribute to Sarah's life's work. First of all, Sarah wanted a child. Yitzchak, her son, the first person to be born a Jew, gets married in this Parsha, continuing Sarah's hopes and dreams and life's work. Rivka matches the wonderful Yitzchak in terms of spirituality, in terms of ethics, and that makes her an appropriate replacement For Sarah, as a mother in Israel, a mother in Israel, a mother in Israel, it's a whole other category. What is the hope of the first mother in Israel? To elevate the world, to educate the world, to bring the world close to its creator, to bring joy to the world, to bring joy to the creator. First Jewish wedding is in this week's parsha. Why is a wedding such a simcha? Firstly, because it is the rejoining of two halves of a whole, two halves of an ishama of a soul, and it is the promise of the future. That the values that the Jewish women heard at Sinai, which were the values that the matriarchs and the patriarchs lived by is passed on intact with the same passion, the same joy that the first generation heard it at Sinai, that the first mothers and fathers discovered, searched for, lived by a passion to make this world a holy place, a godly place, and to have children whether they're biological children or spiritual children, who are educated in this way. So her dream, her dream of the Jewish people, a people with a mission to bring light to the world, to bring light and goodness to others, to be an example of goodness, is realized in this Parsha, the life of Sarah. And there's something else Which is extremely, extremely moving. The Jewish land. In our parsha, we read how Avraham buys for money with a, with a document. He purchases the first plot in the land of Israel. And that makes it openly and indisputably under Jewish ownership. And this was the first open expression in the world of the Jewish people's right to the land of Israel. It's recorded in the Torah. So even though the Parsha is talking about events that happened after Sarah's passing, the Parsha is called the life of Sarah. Because in it, we read and absorb and realize the true purpose of Sarah's life as it's beginning to manifest and be fulfilled, the beginning of the Jewish nation and their land down here in the physical world. And we continue. Let's look at the beginning of this Parsha. What happens when Sarah passes away? After Sarah Imenu's passing, the Torah says, and Abraham came to eulogize Sarah and to bewail her. But there's no mention of an actual eulogy. Instead, the very next pasuk, the very next Torah passage says that Abraham arose from before his dead and went to purchase Me'arat HaMachpelah for 400 silver shkalim. It says, Avraham got up from being in the presence of his deceased wife and spoke to the children of Chais, saying, I'm a foreigner and now a settler amongst you. Give me a burial plot with you so I may take out my dead from being before me for burial. The Medrash explains that Avraham actually did not eulogize Sarah. Because when he tried to, the Medrash says a very strange thing happened. The angel of death, the Malach Hamavet, who is actually the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination, stood defiantly against him. But why? What's going on? When a tragedy befalls a Jewish person, rachman HaLitzlan, he may find himself questioning Hashem's actions. The person becomes so absorbed in his pain, in his loss, in the tragedy, he becomes absorbed and, God forbid, trapped and cannot see beyond it. And what is the agenda of the Malach the angel of death, who doubles as the Yetzirah, it's to keep a person at that stage, frozen, incapacitated. As Avraham was thinking about Sarah and preparing his thoughts, he heard the voice of the Yetzirah of the Malacham of say, listen to your own words. She was such a tzaddeikis, such a holy woman. And Hashem ripped her away from you before her time. In fact, the mitzvah Hashem gave you to bind your son, the Akedah, is what caused her death. Avraham, how can you believe in such a God? And when Avraham heard this argument, he heard the words of the Malach he realized this is a trap a trap aimed at paralyzing him, so he just got up. He immediately arose from before his dead. Because the Malachim had tried to force Avraham to dwell on the face of death, on his grief, on his loss. But to avoid doing that, the Torah records that Avraham arose from before his dead. What's happening now in our Holy Land is painful beyond words. In addition to that, we're also being bombarded, see and hear, blatant anti-Semitism, despicable injustice all around us, and obviously, as Jews, as Yidin, we must be aware of the suffering of our fellow man and our fellow Yidden. We must share in their pain. In fact, the Chofetz Chaim of blessed memory, during the First World War, did not sleep with a pillow. How can I use a pillow when Yidden are in bunkers? He said. We have to feel the pain of the other. Absolutely but we must not be paralyzed by it. We have to acknowledge it, and there is a time and a place to weep. But there is also the recognition that what's happening should not be used to paralyze us. During the Holocaust, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe, Rabbi Yisaf Yitzchak, said that American Yidden shouldn't be able to swallow their food out of their feelings for their brethren in Europe. And when it comes to someone else's pain, we must demand of Hashem to treat the other more kindly. When our brothers are suffering, we must intercede. Yes. At the same time, we mustn't get stuck. It's important for us to be aware that this is the perfect door, the perfect window for the Yitzhahara to enter. He has an agenda, and that is to keep the face of death in front of us. He wants us to keep looking at the horrors. He wants us to see one deplorable picture after another of the demonstrations. He knows that our blood will boil. He hopes this will lead us to feeling helpless and it will God forbid depress our spirits he wants us to feel weak and ineffectual and he also wants us to pass on the image of death to our fellow Yid he knows that as long as we're wallowing in pain we won't do anything productive this is the original and most destructive form of of psychological warfare. Let's take an example from our father, Avraham. Let's take the example of the parsha this week. It was in Shvat of 5748, 1988. The Rebbe's wife, the Rebbe Mushka, had suddenly passed away. And the Rebbe was sitting Shiva. There were no children. He sat Shiva alone. And one of the Rabbonim who came to be Menachem ovil to comfort the Rebbe was Rabbi Simcha Elberg. And during the visit, he asked the Rebbe the following question. He said, Rebbe, where do we find the actual eulogy? that Avraham gave for Sarah. Where do we find it? Because the Parsha does begin by saying Sarah died in Kiryat Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan, and Avraham came to eulogize Sarah and to weep for her. So where do we find the eulogy? And the Rebbe said, the very act of paying an exorbitant amount of money for her burial was the greatest proclamation of how much he cherished her. What was Avraham's response to his disturbing thoughts? He wanted to eulogize her. He wanted to praise her. He wanted to proclaim her greatness. And what did he do? He did action. He translated his feelings, his thoughts into action. The thoughts were terribly disturbing and knowing that we are in this world which is called the world of action to change the world, Avraham acted. So when the Malacham Movis, the angel of death and think of those words, Angel, death, tries to kill our passion, tries to divert our attention, tries to do his thing. Let's take it as a motivation to do something good. Let us plow our feelings into a good action, into a prayer, into the study of Torah, into reaching out to a fellow Jew, to help, to uplift, to inspire them to do a mitzvah. Bad news, God forbid, should translate into another capital of tilim instead of another scroll of the news. We cannot convince the politicians. We are not in a position to change the mind and to change the mindset of another nation. But there are so many things we can do. We must translate our feelings. We must be motivated to do something positive, a positive action. It can be a reminder to reach out to another Yid, to encourage him or her to do another mitzvah. And that doesn't mean we're insensitive. It just means we're focused. We're not going to be distracted. When you say Morde'a Ani in the morning, those 12 words, I thank you, O great and living King, for returning my soul within me. With mercy, the last two words should speak to us. Rabah Emunasecha. Great is your faithfulness, or great is your trust in us, that we will take the gift of this day And we will fill it with light, with joy, with positivity. We will reach out to others. We will pack every spare minute with words and actions that uplift and make a difference. We will not be distracted. And with that mindset, we help our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, We become the spiritual army. We will not put our weapons down. Our feelings will be translated into action, positive action. And we have seen tremendous, tremendous miracles, and we will continue to see them. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, and I'm delighted to be back with you, not only after the ad break, but generally, because it's actually been about three years, and I'm delighted to be back. And we're speaking about reacting to the news, reacting to the pain of others. We're talking about managing ourselves when we are so affected when we are so in pain, and the message from the Rebbe is, do not be distracted. Our Sahara is always on call. It's his mandate. This is his job. And when he tries to do his thing, he will put a toe in the door. Our motivation is we hear the bad news, we translate it into something positive. We fuel our actions, and the actions go much further because we are alive with emotion. We are not deadened, we are not paralyzed, we are not depressed. We hear everything as a message from Hashem. Hashem wanted us to hear that thing. And therefore, how does he expect us to react individually, collectively? Let's look at the Jews in Eretz Israel. The Yidden in Eretz Israel are a true example of doing just this. So many of those who came face to face with death and have all the reason in the world to be depressed, to be dejected, To feel helpless, they actually are making an Avraham Avinu type of effort to face the other way and do something to change themselves and to change the world for the better. They understand that everybody's watching them. They're hurting, they're aching, but they're not allowing themselves to get stuck. They know that there will be a time and place to address the many haunting questions. But for now, the soldiers, the hostages, and Jews around the world need all of us to be brave, put ourselves aside. If I'm in pain, what do I achieve? That somebody else is going to have pity on me? Not at all. We will not get stuck. And I'd like to share that this very weekend is the International Convention of Chabad Shluchim. Once a year, around Rosh Chodesh Kislev, the first day of Kislev, which marks a remarkable recovery of the Rebbe from a massive heart attack on Shmini Atzeret, a heart attack on Shmini Atzeret. The Rebbe was well, and that was the first time that he emerged from his room and the Chassidim saw him, and he went on for the next 15 years not only to lead the Chassidim, but to do more and more and to request and demand more and more from himself and from us. And this weekend is the International Convention of Chabad Shluchim. The Israeli shluchim are not going to be there, and they will be sorely missed. But several thousand shluchim from around the world, including from South Africa, are there. And we can actually take inspiration from these shluchim as well. Where do these shluchim serve? Yes, thank God in South Africa, where we have a beautiful established community with social services, with an incredible chief rabbi, with wonderful, wonderful infrastructure. And today, thank God, about 65 Chabad Shluchim. We have the support. We have the kosher food. We have schools for our children. But there are those who serve on a far-off island, I'm just coming back from Mauritius, where kol kavod to those shluchim who don't have a school for their children and don't have a peer group for their children. And there isn't a restaurant and there isn't kosher food unless you make it yourself. And for them to be besimcha, for them to go forward, when the Malacha comes to them, when the face and the suggestion of the Yetzah Kahara comes to the Shluchim, they don't become paralyzed. They become mobilized. They, and we too, must turn away from demonstrations and just find a yid with whom to do another mitzvah. We see it all over social media, the reaction, the motivation, the inspiration now, putting aside one's inhibitions and to ask that question, are you Jewish? Have you put on film today? To ask that question, may I give you a candle to light for Shabbos? Do you know the time of Shabbos candles? Because the real mitzvah is to, to light your candles in the right time with the right bracha. So many of us have friends and acquaintances, and we might have kind of been distracted, or not confident to reach out. But if you want to help the soldiers, if you do, of course you do. Let's turn our pain into action. We're about to bless the month of Kislev. It's the month of light. May that light that we are busy with now, the light of our Torah, our mitzvot, the extra lights that we're adding, not by lighting a candle, but by illuminating an ashoma, because Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam, God's candle is the soul of man. And in the soul, is the willingness, the thirst to know more and to do more. May the light that we're all spreading finally banish all the darkness once and for all. We are privileged to live in these times. We are privileged and empowered to know about what's going on and we are ready to do our part to fight this war. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, delighted to be back with you, not only at this time, but after all these years. And we're speaking about Avraham Avinu translating his desire to eulogize Sarah into action. What action does he do? He buys a piece of Eretz Israel. Not only buys a piece of Eretz Israel, but he pays a lot of money for it. And it is publicly signed over to him. He does it as a major eulogy or tribute to Sarah, who loved the land, who loved the nation, who built the nation. This was a true tribute to who this woman his life's partner actually was the parsha also speaks about the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka which also symbolized and symbolizes the continuity of the nation that Sarah started and then something very special there is a mention in the Rashi of why or when Yitzchak finally decided to marry Rivka, and it was when he brought her into his mother's tent, and he brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother. Only after that, only after that, did he decide to marry her. What was going on? We know that there are three very special mitzvahs of the woman, and perhaps next week we can speak about them in greater detail. But when Yitzchak brought her into the tent, he saw that she was like Sarah, his mother. And that's when he decided to marry her, and then she became his wife, and then he loved her, and that's how he was comforted, After the death of his mother. And Rashi says, what does it mean he brought her into the tent of Sarah? That she became like Sarah, his mother. In other words, she was Sarah, his mother. Because as long as Sarah was alive, her Shabbos candles burnt in her tent from one Shabbos evening until the next. When they went on, they went out just in time for her to light them again. And there was always a blessing, a miraculous increase in the dough and continuously a cloud hung over her tent which signified God's presence. But since she had passed away, they'd all stopped and when Rivka came, they reappeared. These three mitzvahs have been handed over into the hands of the Jewish woman the light of Shabbos, the food, that it be blessed and that it be kosher. And the cloud, which contains water, symbolizes immersion in a mikvah. This week, let's think about these three mitzvahs and how to share them with others and how to improve our own observance of these mitzvahs. Let's approach our Shabbos candles with joy in the right time with the right bracha and to give some coins to Tzedakah before we do. And once the candles are lit on the wings on the power of the bracha, our personal requests are carried aloft. Prepare your prayer. People you want to pray for with their Hebrew name and their mother's Hebrew name for the hostages, for the soldiers for the bereaved. Pray because your prayers are heard. In addition, let us think about offering this privilege and explaining it to other women. And in addition to those, we will, please God in the future, discuss and enlighten the other two mitzvahs. I wish you a good Shabbos. I thank you for joining us. And may... We enter Shabbos that we've already heard the good news that Mashiach is here bringing peace, joy, clarity, and light to all of creation. Good Shabbos.